0: Chill!
1: Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table.
2: He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years.
1: She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life.
2: Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family.
1: So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. The snow is making its way Out of the yard, and there's going to be another winter storm in a couple of days, and so we have scampered, I've scampered over to the kitchen table so that we can get this podcast recorded in case we are buried underneath a mountain of snow. Please,
2: oh please, let there not be static and other technical interruptions today.
1: Yeah, we're praying a hedge of protection around our roadcaster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that it does not Traveling suffer. Troubling
2: mercies for our. It does not country. suffer
1: the evil of audio. Demonic activity. as the sound
2: waves travel through the air, we just pray <laughs> that the Lord's hand be upon oh, it's
1: it. It's it's a miracle, anyway, isn't it that that <laughs> this happens that our voices are are recorded in some digital format, some sort of yeah. magnetic particles hold this information. It's, it's, the whole thing is magic.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying we can't hear it while we're recording. Like it doesn't happen in our headphones. It's only during the playback. Right, and then we realize. Then that, that we had issues. That we but have had Tabby it. just oh. walked through the door. Tabby, Sarah, should we pause it so Tabby can sit with us? Do we have to pause it, or can she just get her own microphone? Well, she can, I suppose. Your but- kids are upstairs. You're older too. <laughs> he can't hear you. You're too far away. I
1: can hear that. I can hear she's making sounds, but I don't know specifically she's what those sounds are.
2: Carl, I had Tabby's kids here, and I still have them here. I didn't. Send the them away finger. while you were gone.
1: And Marcy's been asleep, so it wasn't obvious that we had her here.
2: <laughs> and Simon too. Look at there.
0: They're both she asleep. Won.
1: Are you okay now, Tavi? <laughs> just walked in the door with Warren, her infant son, what who
0: a major Who he had, had a
2: his lip
1: tie. What is it?
2: A frenectomy.
1: And a frenectomy sounds horrible.
2: They snipped this frenulum. They snip. Yeah. He, had frenulum. he had a, a lip tie, and now he doesn't. A bad one. Did he said. cry? Yes, of course he did. Are okay, you, hang okay on, now? we'll pause for a second.
1: All right, so Tavi's sitting down now. We've got the update on the lip tie ectomy,
0: frenectomy. <laughs> By the way, the fact that he's sleeping here without going meh, meh, is also an improvement. Again, I know that tonight he could still be just as grouchy. But nope. I'm going to take I think this.
1: I think that that phrenectomy has probably solved every problem <laughs> that he will ever have he's
0: not
2: gonna he's not gonna ever be gassy he's nope. not gonna ever have trouble sleeping. he's not
1: gonna struggle in school he's
2: not gonna be
0: allergic to gluten he's nope. not gonna, he's gonna <laughs> you <laughs> laugh you laugh Deb but honestly the ability to nurse well is kind of a life changer I'm because, not
1: laughing at that I'm I am well, go ahead at, and then
0: I'll say you laughed Dad. all
1: right well that's what we do on this podcast and that's what we were about to talk about when you came in.
0: Okay, here's the thing. And
1: disrupted us.
0: Tabby
2: does Tabby not Graves. have um, Facebook anymore, so she's not been privy to any of your f- late any of your social media. Posts so you can lately. bring
1: ah. Cal, uh, Carl and Tabby up to speed yeah. at the same time.
2: Yeah, because we're just gonna. This would be what we would be talking about today, anyway. If there's any doubt that we like don't script these conversations and we're simply inviting you to the table, this is what we would be talking about right now, even if the recorder wasn't going.
1: Correct. So. we Would we be talking about this? I have said on more than one occasion that laughter is excellent for exposing uh, folly. It's uh, laughing at people is a gentle and kind way to tell them that they are incorrect.
2: Right, and what it's, you it's a good found, way to
1: point out bad ideas.
0: Well, you found this week like a little treasure trove, like a little pearl in the internet.
1: I did. It was a. It was. Precious.
0: Nothing on the internet is good. Yes. No.
1: This was excellent. This was because it, it illustrated from my God. point perfectly. This
0: was straight straight
2: from the creator to our father's <laughs> eyeballs. Yep. Wow. It was. It's a. It's a cartoon.
1: Meme. <laughs> it's a meme. It's a three panel cartoon, and it says, "Every time you laugh at the idea of a man dressed as a woman, and it's got people on a couch that are laughing, mm-hmm. a trans girl gets more scared to come out." And then there's a little. Boy sitting on the far end of the couch who looks afraid. He looks like somebody's coming at him with a butcher knife.
2: He looks ashamed and yep. sad right. that his parents that are his laughing. That his parents
1: and his family are laughing at, at a, a man, man in a dress. Dressed as a woman. Right.
2: Which I just want to point out that I was under the impression that there was a difference between a man dressed as a woman and a quote, and a transgender trans girl who. Yes. Wants there's, to come that's out. also true. I don't know why he would be upset that his parents are laughing at a man dressed as a woman right. when he is not a man, I'm told. Well,
1: because trans people don't know what they th- believe. <laughs> and so they they are anxious all the time. And that was the point that I wrote about. I said, that, yeah, you're anxious about things when you're not certain about them or when they're not true. <laughs> and so when somebody comes along and laughs at a thing, that tells you, that this is a belief that you need to re-examine because yeah. somebody is finding it funny. If
2: you're feeling embarrassed, you should take a look and see if the thing you're saying or believing is embarrassing because it doesn't agree right. with reality. And here's, if it
1: bothers you to be laughed at, then you need to do a little self-inventory no, and go, what well, you it is...
2: actually said because we need to be fair to quote directly because we're going to quote some critics directly too. Okay. Okay. Right. So you said...
1: As a certified
2: times. professional comedian, I will tell you the statement is absolutely true. The statement that every time you laugh at the idea of a man dressed as a woman, somebody gets scared to yes, dress as a woman. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That part is true. Um, and and he said on Facebook, mockery is a gift that God gave us to soften harsh criticism. Ridicule is a kinder, gentler way to tell someone they're wrong. Human beings, this was the, this was the money, I think. This was the one that made people. <laughs> this was the one. That made people really upset.
1: This was money.
2: Human beings don't decide what is funny. God decides what is funny. He gave us a sense of humor so that we can detect the comedy he created. Our God-given sense of humor tells us when to laugh, and it's just like when our God-given sense of smell tells us to check for gas leaks, or our sense of hearing tells us the dog is barking. Right. You get in trouble for that
0: one a lot.
1: What? Yeah. That God,
0: yeah, God decides what's funny? Lots of people. Even, even good good humored christians usually stop you there and go i don't know john sometimes we laugh at things for the wrong reason right sometimes which is not we what i it, said sometimes we use it to be mean right um, yeah. and i've actually talked about that before that i still don't think that that's true laughter then
1: well but the, but this that's the same thing that this this cartoon is illustrating it's so it's saying it is wrong to laugh at a man in a dress Because that is going to scare a trans child into into, that's going to make a trans child feel unsafe, and they're they're not going to be able to come out and be their true selves because you have laughed at them, and that's
0: not true. Well, saying on two points,
2: saying God decides what's funny is true, but what people hear, and I told you this when you had a woman say if she a woman pushed back on this and basically said. You know, well, we laugh at bad things all the time. Right. That's that doesn't disprove what you said. No. Because the problem is that that woman and many other people hear you say, God decides what's funny. And so what they think you're saying is if I'm laughing, that is God making me do it, or if I'm laughing, that's me telling you what God says. Right. And that's not always the case. Just like you said, you can use your sense of smell. We know there are cases where people smell things that aren't there, like COVID does funny things with your sense of smell, or people can hear things like, you know, they, they thought they heard something and they didn't. So just because you think you're hearing or smelling a thing does not mean that you are always right. But it's still true that God gave us our sense of smell. Right. God gave us our it, sense you of smell.
1: You sometimes get false positives <laughs> right. on what's funny, but that, doesn't, right. that does not negate the truth that... That God decides what's funny. He gave us a sense of humor. That's and usually what I do is I talk about farts at that point. Right and, in your and, in your set. Right, and I say that nobody decided. Human beings did not decide that that was funny. We discovered that they were funny, and and that has been a universal throughout. Right. as far as I know, throughout history. Right. So oh, you bring man, up farts,
2: man. and what happens is your critics all inevitably bring up. People with disabilities. Correct
1: they they bring up they bring up cruelty. Right. They They bring up people who are cruel and and who delight in evil. And they say, "Well, did God decide that that's funny?" And it's, the answer
0: is no. No, it's most not people funny. don't find it funny. That's what I said. That's, right. that's, that's, that's all I've always said. Said. I've always said is that it's not it's not actually funny. You're not actually getting people to laugh. Mocking somebody and and being cruel to somebody doesn't usually get people to actually. Laugh. laugh right. right. The only people who laugh are the people who are being cruel. Right. Because there's plenty of people with disabilities who have fantastic senses of humor uh-huh. about their own disability. And it's wonderful. Right. Like the um the YouTube girl who's deaf. Yep. She she has a good sense of humor. I watch one about a blind girl and then there's another guy who's got
2: Cerebral palsy is that what it is? Cerebral, cerebral. And he does he the wants workout you to video? call it cerebral palsy. Though. No, 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 no. Oh, he you doesn't... haven't
0: seen the guy with the workout video? Yeah, is that who? Is it the same? Is it Squirmy it's... and Grubs? Nope. No, that, he's no got he, cerebral he cerebral doesn't have palsy. cerebral palsy. That's what I was going to say. I didn't cerebral. think he is.
2: the the Squirmy and Grubs guy has like a bone issue. Like his bones are are
0: not strong. I can't remember what it is. Point is, he's super funny. Yeah, and yeah. well, and, the, and the point and is,
1: all I agree. That's the point. But we also need to be just open and honest about the fact that we are mocking those people we're mocking the deaf girl we're, we're ridiculing the guy
2: well you're mocking but, the the disability right but they right, yeah. you
1: know we're, we're mocking right we're mocking the the situation the condition and and it's not cruel and it's not because we've decided to do that my point in the article was you don't decide what's funny any more than you decide to squint in the bright sunshine it's just a thing that happens because of the way you're designed
0: Okay.
2: So what I had said what another element of this that I also mentioned <laughs> bringing up the people with disabilities is I said, you know, it's only it's only the self-righteous like uh, what's the word scolds, the people who shake their finger and say you're not allowed to laugh at this. They are the only ones who really love this concept of punching up and punching down, and we've talked about this on the podcast before too. But but it what they're that day. when they say you shouldn't yeah. punch down at Somebody who's, quote, vulnerable or somebody disabled, who's got a, a disability or somebody who's, yeah, somebody right. who's a minority, like a race, a racial minority or a gender mm-hmm. minority, like whatever. Some
1: marginalized person.
2: They're saying that they don't trust that person to have the same sense of humor. And I said that you can't punch down at a person, no matter who they are, if they refuse to see themselves as less than you.
1: Right. If they, if they do not... If they will not let you put them on a level below them, then right. it is impossible to punch down at them.
2: Right. One example that was one of our favorites, there was this girl who I don't even know who she is. I don't even know her name.
1: You're going to talk about the girl with the same <laughs> The sandwich. cheeseburger.
2: Yeah. I think it was a cheeseburger. Yeah, she was at school and she, sa- she just wrote this in a comment somewhere. And I read it years ago and I still think of it all the time because it makes me laugh so hard. She said this bullies, these mean girls came over to her table where she's eating and she's kind of a heavier girl. And the girls the, the girls are like, Oh, uh, are you gonna actually eat that cheeseburger? And and she like says, Yeah, cause I cause I like food or like I'm what did she say? What was the phrase? Something about I'm a I'm a fat girl or high five for cheeseburgers or something. She asked for a high five. I remember she that. Definitely high five That's <laughs> That's stuck in my brain
1: forever. yes i'm gonna eat this whole burger myself because because I'm, I'm, I'm hungry chubby and i'm hungry high five right yeah
2: so she took a bite of her sandwich and high fived the bullies <laughs> which is just hilarious <laughs> and for her to just embrace it like who people often get defensive because they know what the person is trying to imply they mm-hmm. know what the cruel person is trying to imply which is We're implying you're less than because of this thing we've noticed. Because you have to eat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we don't. We don't eat. We don't do that. Only you do. Right,
2: whereas Mm. instead of... You don't have to do that. You don't have to react with instant defensiveness because they noticed you eating. Like a person who's already insecure right. and and weak-minded about that is going to crumple up in a ball and feel You never silly. have
1: to be defensive about things that are true.
2: Right. But a person <laughs> who is strong-minded or a person who's been taught to embrace truth can just go, yeah, I'm going to eat this sandwich. High five. <laughs> That's why I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes the other person look foolish all of a sudden. It makes you, th- you win. I mean, she yep. won that exchange. Hands <laughs> well, she down. won.
1: She's, you've been carrying that story around in your head for years. For
2: years. I cannot get you it out of my head. You don't even know her. Yeah, don't even know her name. If you're out there, cheeseburger girl, let's be friends. <laughs> yeah,
1: send a send a note to nextdoor at johnbrandy.com and introduce yourself.
0: Hi, I like us. cheeseburgers too.
1: We'll definitely have her on podcast. I'm sure podcasts. you're going to
0: read comments, but the other part that I think about is that that uh, the kid in the comic looks to be about like Emmy's age, like five or six. And so they're also implying that that kid fully understands what transgenderism is and yes. they're just waiting to come out and I would like to yes. Im- I would like to say they've probably never met a 5-year-old because when the parents start laughing my children immediately go what happened what's funny right they want to be in on it too they've right. never once gone You know, mom thinks that's funny, and I don't. Right? No.
1: They never. They never go. My mom and dad are abusing and picking on me and thinking less of me. And they. No.
0: Everything I think is funny, they also think is funny. Eventually,
2: once you You once you explain it to them. Yeah. Once you explain it to them. And see, this is where things are going to start to get kind of. A lot of the posts that dad has written this week, Tabby, are going to kind of come into play. In multiple ways because that was one thing that you wrote. But then down in the comments, this guy who turns out fire this, week. this guy who turns out is an atheist <laughs> like, 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 like. and several other atheists were like trying to lecture you on A, how unfunny you are, and yeah. B, how immoral you are oh, right. for making, making that state that stance. That stance. Right. And so then it became sort of this this Uh, Conversation about it was like a twofold conversation. It's like, okay, well, what's funny? And then it was also, how dare you come in here claiming you don't believe in Christ while still trying to borrow from our Bible and tell us what is funny right Where well they it, do that, know, that all the time jesus is what jesus thinks of this he, he said i may not be a christian but i think that jesus <laughs> but, would be disappointed
1: yeah he, he said that he also said i'm not a christian but i believe in the in their moral framework or something I like believe that in the it's,
2: moral so, framework that often gets praised at church right and that is where i want to pick up on on the the problem, <laughs> I with, believe in
1: this part of Christianity, but not the other. Well, what
2: he means, what churches is he talking about? Like, which churches does he is he referring to when he says the moral framework that's often praised in churches? He's not talking about like our home church. He's not talking no. about our moral framework.
1: He's not talking about he's not talking about my propensity to call out pastors who've impregnated their girlfriends for example it's
0: just the forgiveness they really like thinking about how forgiven and no not even forgiveness
2: because they don't think they have anything to be forgiven for they love the moral framework that lets them judge comedians that they think are cruel and unfunny but does not let anyone judge them for their sexuality their pride their,
1: their language, yes, their, yes. their tendency to be extremely vitriolic and hateful towards people who disagree with right.
2: them. They, well, the idea that you can punch <laughs> up. They're not cruel, just you. You, you can punch right. up at John Brannion, but you can't punch down at somebody who's got, you know, cerebral palsy right. or whatever. Right, and the
1: reason they have to punch up at me is because there's no way I'm going down to their level.
2: Right. No way. <laughs> right. So, so if you're going to take a
1: swing at me, it's always going to be an uppercut.
2: So so that's involved. You know, <laughs> that's time. part part of this conversation is that you're not allowed to punch up or you're not allowed to punch down. You're only allowed to punch up. But then when you start saying by what standard or who says – Then they get all tangled up and muddled. And this guy was literally telling me humor and religion are both subjective. Right. So he's telling me it's completely subjective. It's all opinion. It just, there's no objective. The problem
1: was the lumping humor and morality together. Humor is subjective to a point. I can, I can go along that. But morality, no, you don't get to. It's morality is not subjective. Okay,
0: but if he's admitting it, if the guy goes, "Yes, even humor is subjective," it's like then take your opinion elsewhere. elsewhere. Right. right? If you if this just isn't your bag, okay, then go right. find a comedian who does make you fall out of your seat.
2: Well, and he thought he thought that he was going to. Oh, I guess this was a different guy, different different guy, but same concept. Atheist who doesn't think that dad is funny, but also thinks he's immoral. Same. Um, he comes in and he thinks he's going to catch dad. With this really lewd joke about the Pope and McDonald's, right? Right. So he's gonna, he's gonna, and he tags me too because I had been <laughs> I part of the conversation. Tabby, Tabby's, no,
1: remember, just, Tabby's Catholic, so you might want to be careful. It's about-
0: just an interesting premise. That I'm was really, not what i was expecting <laughs> you to say. Lewd joke, Pope McDonald's, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> you want to hear it? I'll, get, I, I'll well, tell you. Well, I joke. feel like well, I need any, you. any two
1: ideas can be linked <laughs> together for the.
0: Right. No, that's kid, just not what I was
1: expecting. two right. ideas. It's
2: and already so he's funny. he's like, okay, here's the premise. John says that God decides what's funny, so I'm going to come in and show that that's not true. I'm going to tell a dirty religious he was, joke. He
1: was going to shock me Was with it funny his, with his lewd. So here's what he said. It's not a bad joke.
2: He says, Amanda and John, what do the Pope and McDonald's have in common? What do they have in common, Tabby?
0: They both want it their way. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that's not
1: bad. That's close,
0: but not lewd enough. <laughs> Well, that's why I was struggling.
1: that's Burger King, but Dirty. still. Oh, crap. Still.
0: Tur- dirtier, Tabby, dirtier. What is McDonald's?
2: Okay, so. No. no. outside the binkle? <laughs> that's Taco Bell. That's Taco Bell. <laughs> they they both, I mean. are you ready? Do you get I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. They both sure. put 80-year-old meat between 10-year-old buns. See, that's not a bad joke. <laughs> Tabby's giggling. It's,
1: no. That's not a bad joke.
2: It's not a bad joke. So then I said, I don't it think any like, of the popes
1: are eighty though. In fact, it, in fact structurally it's it's
2: it a sounds, really good joke. Right. Yeah. I, and that's kinda of, that's what I said also, to
0: him. It's not that clever. I mean, that joke has been done a million times. But... Well it's it's
1: a pedophile joke. Yeah, and so right. from that standpoint it's not really it's not really true. We don't know for sure. I mean, the, the Pope doesn't
2: do that doesn't, doesn't do, that. do that right
1: and so comedy has to be true but would structurally I tell him
2: that did i not say that yeah, dad was can... laughing because this i said to this guy when he wrote that joke and make this of, better instead of yep. oh my gosh i'm so disgusted and you're going to be blocked because in, instead of clutching
1: her pearls should
2: never be seen in polite company i said give hey him would a, you like him john a would you like john to explain why that's funny yeah <laughs> would you like me to tell you how to make that funnier no i didn't even <laughs> offer i told uh, him it was a good joke yeah. as it is it it's good enough as it is because it was. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I said. Do you want us to tell you why? So she,
1: so she condescended to him and said, "Would you like my dad to explain to you why this is and he funny?" Goes,
2: yeah, Amanda. Why did God make me laugh at that? And I, said, <laughs> I'll tell
1: you. He's still not. A, he's still trying to force his, yeah, his uh, interpretation.
2: Well, he still thinks I'm going to like argue about it. Right. Well, if you're laughing, because friend. he's used to
1: Christians standing up and defending God. Right. He, he's used to. He's used to. Christian's going, God would never say a vulgar thing like that. And right. yeah, he's completely missed the point right. that we're talking about.
2: So here's what I told him. I said, why? Because humor is based on both comparisons and contrasts. Comics need to make connections between two ideas in a surprising way. So in your example, it's a classic play on words. Now comedy also needs to be based on a kernel of truth uh-huh. and the fact that people disagree about what's true and what's false means they often disagree about what's funny. They may also be put off by an underlying message or intention from a joke. For example, is the comic even trying to be funny or are they pandering? But technically, your setup and punchline <laughs> follows the rules for humor and it's a legitimate joke. Not every Christian would find it funny because they don't agree with the premise that the pope is a pedophile, but right. it is a legitimate joke. And then I wrote kudos. <laughs>
0: And he hasn't come back yeah. since. It well, how is he supposed to respond? I, I'm actually, I am kind of impressed because anytime somebody says an atheist tells a joke, my bar goes way down. I'm like, this is not going to be good, is it? Yep. Yep. But
2: that well, was it. Right.
0: It's a decent joke.
2: So that that was one kind of branch to the conversation. But yes, this idea that, like, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to wag my finger at the Christians. I'm going to show them, I'm going to tell them Jesus himself is disappointed. Oh, I don't follow Jesus myself. I don't
1: don't believe Jesus was even real, but boy would he be upset with you. He'll tell you, though, what he he he
2: thinks. Because correct me if I'm wrong, he said. (laughs) But but wasn't this written from a Christian perspective? What with the Bible verses and all that? And I told him, (laughs) we are not going to talk about religion.
1: You. We love it. It's hilarious when people who don't believe. In God, lecture me about how I should behave. Right.
2: right, but that is important because, and you already brought up the pastor just a second ago, and so I'll let you I'll let you explain that a little bit more. But that comes into play here because it's churches like that where um, infants, spiritual infants like these trolls, are bred and they're born and raised in churches like that. Right. Yeah. So Man, anyway, did you hear? She was there when yeah, you shared the video I with us. Okay, so here. we got a
1: pastor uh, in a church who released a video and basically confessed after a long... It was like a 13-minute video. It need, it only needed to be about 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. I said a minute. A minute.
2: Well, it would be 30 seconds if they were used to getting, cutting to the chase and not fluffing everything, right. like filling everything with with emotional fluff. He
1: He impregnated his girlfriend... Uh, the guy, he's been divorced for a few years, um, and uh, so he's got kids and an ex-wife, and he impregnated his girlfriend, but he didn't say that in the video. What he no. said was, we discovered that she was pregnant.
2: We have known for some time now that she is pregnant.
1: We have known for some time now that she is pregnant. So pregnancy, the way he described <laughs> it, was something that, that is in the air, you know, right. and if you if you breathe it without a mask, then... They discovered, you can become pregnant. they discovered
2: it. They discovered it, and now he needs to decide what to do because he's just he, he has That's, this girlfriend who just became pregnant. She became pregnant. That's and scarier than yeah. COVID.
1: Similar, similar to what happened to Mary, you know, yeah, where she just wound want, up pregnant. I want
2: to specify that this is a this is an area where I'm almost going to sound like I agree with feminists on something because it's feminists who often say like. Oh, women are given more responsibility for the pregnancy than men, and that's just not fair. And right. you know, women are women are held accountable more than the right. man is. But,
1: and in this case, that's valid. in this
2: case it's valid. In this yep. case, this yeah. stinking guy who would consider himself a, a like a, a pastor, a well, spiritual leader, he a, would consider himself a champion of women's rights. I right. just been guarantee you, that.
0: he said he loved her. He loved her very much. And my first thought was. Not enough to, <laughs> not, not to, enough to,
2: not keep enough her, to protect her yeah,
0: dignity not, and her, not, yeah. not enough yeah. to be to not get her and honest about what right. happened.
2: You're still beating around and tell people, yeah, like, they're beating around the bush and, and avoiding the elephant in the room. And even if you think, like it's as if like the more important and more serious a thing is, the less clear and the less direct these poor souls get. Right, they get more and more. Um, indirect and and obfuscating well, and, and
1: all of the all of the groundwork that he laid mm-hmm. in the video about how much he loves the church and how supportive they've been to right. him over the years and relationships and right. love and love. I just and
2: listened to a Vodivakum sermon a few days ago, and what he said was it wasn't about this topic, but the topic of homosexuality. He said mm, you yeah. listen to pastors today preaching on homosexuality, and one third to two thirds of the sermon is going to be that groundwork. Right. right. Is going to be laying all of this. I
1: don't hate you. God doesn't hate you. Yes. It's, it's all of I have friends love. who are
2: homosexual. I know people and love people who are homosexual. And I know you
1: love homosexuals. There's people in your family who are struggling with same-sex attraction. It was
2: that. It was... I. I so badly do not want to say this that it's painfully obvious to people who are paying attention, and I'm making it yes. worse by continuing to dance and dance and dance, but in that culture... The elders in
1: the church are godly men,
2: and you shouldn't <laughs> Please stop. be... I listened to the seven mad. minutes before he finally got around to t- saying yeah. what the video was That's, about.
0: This, this is only weird if you consider these people to be spiritual adults, and they're not. I've watched children dance and dance and dance around subjects. They don't want to tell mommy and daddy. They, they do a thing they know is wrong and so you're like well what did you do I didn't pinch her. It's like, okay, that's great. I'm glad you didn't what pinch did her. What did, did you do? Well, she got uh, she she, she, she kicked me. Yes. Okay, she kicked you. But <laughs> well, what did you? I have do? just discovered I just that my discovered cousin she got kicked. My yeah. cousin has been <laughs> hit. Yes, I've just discovered it. I've just discovered I just it.
1: discovered <laughs> that, that a baseball then, <laughs> was thrown. <laughs> and
0: then you're like, Marcy, did you hit? And she's like, Well, I didn't pinch her. And it's like, that's yep. great. What did you do? Yep. Well, it could have been much worse. She's crying. I just know she's crying.
1: There are so many things I could have done that were. Worse. I yeah.
2: love you. I love dad. I uh-huh. I just want you to know this family means a lot to me you, and I'm going to put you I in a difficult spot a, mom. I am
1: appreciative of all that you have done for me <laughs> in this family.
2: Okay, but I disagree slightly with my sister on the maturity because really? I don't think this is just a case of the pastor no. being immature. I think this is intentional. I think most of the people in the congregation are spiritually mature, but I think it's his fault because for years now, this has been the intentional strategy for outreach slash evangelism slash discipleship, if you can even call it that. Mm -hmm. It has intentionally been a used car salesman approach where we say things as nicely as we can and as unclear as we can, because that's how we keep people feeling welcome. We keep them. How we welcomed. feel relatable,
1: and it relates to what we were talking about earlier in regard to protecting people from the truth, feeling like like they wouldn't be able to handle it. And these poor, <coughs> these poor Christian people, if they, uh, we can't tell them that they can't live together. We can't tell them that they have to get married before they conceive children because they wouldn't be able to handle that. And so, so we don't, uh, we don't condemn. Children well, being born out of wedlock. Like we, that's, that's... we
2: didn't really talk about that earlier. Like what what you're referring to is, again, in that thread about laughing at people and punching up and punching down. One of the things I told yet another player in all of this was that you are not <laughs> trusting. You're using kid gloves with, with people with disabilities or with minorities because you don't trust them. Right. And, yeah, you think they can't handle it. And he was like, that's a really... That's a logical fallacy. That's not what I'm doing. And it's like, yes, you are. You're that's condescending exactly you're to doing. them. You don't, you don't treat them as equals. You're ranking humans according to how well they can take a joke and then you refuse to make jokes about people that you've determined are less capable than you. And that's not respectful. That's arrogance. It's no. not respectful. It's it's condescending.
1: Right. And I'm I have been guilty of it in the past. I went to lunch years ago with a comic who was disabled and a guy in a wheelchair great comic and we had a we had a good time uh for the week that we spent together in the club and we went out to eat lunch and he was tooling around the salad bar and i got a plate and proceeded to ask him if you know what you wanted and he looked at me and he grabbed the plate and he goes i can do this myself <laughs> and i felt like a doofus i mean i felt I like oh i'm sorry i realize that i mean i treated him like a child yeah. like a like a look like a, like, a, like he's never been to a salad bar before I'll in his help life little guy let me let me fill your plate up for you buddy you want me to cut your ham <laughs> right and right. and you but in you know in my mind i was trying to be considerate right. but it was the opposite it was it was stupid <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you were talking down not, to him yeah it's i was talking down stupid. to him but you just own i'm surprised you didn't just own it and make a joke and move on he probably did i did yeah i did I,
1: in fact i think i said "Do you want me to cut your meat for you at least
0: <laughs> can
2: i at least yeah. wipe your nose can i at least wipe your mouth yeah yeah
1: help you into your high chair
2: yeah so that that's what you're talking about it's the same culture at a church where they've determined that you know, there's certain things we just need to save for later. You need to have pizza and coffee with people when you first bring them in. Show them how cool you are. Tell mm-hmm. them how much you love gay Tell, people. It, make
1: sure they understand how much you love them. Right. That's the most important thing that, that church people do is assure sinners of their love for them. Right. As if that is going to save their soul in any and, manner.
2: And, and here's my theory. Here's my working theory, and I would really like to present it. For Carl's consideration.
1: Okay.
2: I think that um, people who are like the atheists now, the moralizing atheists, the ones who come in and they immediately want to sh- wag their finger at Christians for not being enough like Jesus, even though they don't follow Jesus. Wag
1: their finger at me specifically. Those
2: you? people are, um, like I said, cultivated. And and the they come directly from a church like this pastor's church. They don't
1: happen by accident. They
2: don't happen by accident. It's a parenting style now. Um, mm, yep. And I, I think the word I want to use now is spiritually spoiled. They have been Ooh, that's nice. absolutely <laughs> indulged indulged all of their lives. <laughs> and it's a mistake for this pastor, for example, and lots of other pastors to think they need to be told how much they're loved. They have right. been told how much they're loved so much that they're like they
1: actually believe it now.
2: bursting with pride. Like right. they have so much their egos are enormous. They're awesome.
1: Everybody yes. loves them and yes. what's not yes. to love. They're in, they're incredible people. Right. They're much better than than uh no-name comedians right. pontificating about
2: And they've never been whatever they've I'm never talking been about. challenged. They've never had anybody like put them in their place. Nobody has ever come to them and stood toe-to-toe with them as an equal. They've always, the humility that we think we're displaying for these little children, these spoiled little, spiritually spoiled children, Mm -hmm. we think we're displaying humility. And all we're doing is making them think they're better than they are all the time. And so (laughs) you you imagine a a mom doing this with her children. You don't have to imagine for very long because you probably know somebody, if not Who does. Yeah, mothers
1: do it all the time. That
2: do this, where they indulge their child and they call it love. And even the culture now tells us it's not possible to spoil children. Like, that's a po- that's a popular meme now going around. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't spoil a child with love. You can't it overdo it. You're just loving them when you back down, when you cower from them, when you, you know, you allow them to have their way all the time. That's just right. love. Well,
1: that's what, that's what, yeah, it's a lack of, it's not a good definition of love. That's what they, that's they think. That's the problem.
2: That's what they think love well, is. Well, and
1: so this pastor, underneath his post uh, predictably got dozens if not hundreds Mm -hmm. of affirmative comments well you didn't mention we love you you didn't
2: mention what he said when he posted the video oh what he posted
1: what he posted was no divisive comments you know in the comment (laughs) section so you're not allowed to say anything divisive which is ludicrous because he's the one who created the division he's the one that put this situation uh, into reality so that now we have to deal with it and talk about it and then to say I'm going to I'm going to control your conversation to the point where you're not allowed to say anything that's going to be interpreted as divisive about this divisive thing that That I have foisted upon the church right and so and, and because Christians are good at following instructions they obeyed and everybody followed him uh, followed up with how much they love him how good he's been for them 8 years and you have you have taught me things that i didn't know you ha- you were there to encourage me and none of that is none of that takes away from the fact that he is in open rebellion no it against- doesn't
2: it doesn't take away from it and it's actually a strike against that church in my opinion um, because because the types of comments that are being posted by the congregation is going to give you an idea of what the theology of the congregation right. is. we have
1: some idea of what they've heard for the last eight years. So here's
2: a congregant. Here's somebody who posted under that video. I'm embarrassed for your elders. Shame on them for judging you. There is no need to apologize for following your heart and creating a beautiful miracle even though you're not married. God does not make mistakes, and hopefully... <laughs> Tavi, are you getting this? <laughs>
1: Tavi's hearing it. I'm listening. Look at her face.
2: God does not make mistakes, and hopefully this miracle and different journey in your life will change the elder's view of what is, quote, acceptable behavior for a pastor.
1: Listen, pay attention to this, Carl. This is super
2: important. It's, that's not all. I do not believe you sinned. Therefore, no <laughs> apology is necessary. You're not a Catholic priest. You're a beloved Christian. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Wow. I didn't notice that the God. first time. If she was if he had been a
1: Catholic priest, then yes, that, that is unacceptable behavior. This but he's just a he's a Christian. Yeah. So he can, you know there's are no sexual Christian boundaries people. for a regular run of the mill Christian.
0: You guys can do whatever you want as Christians. (laughs) Do whatever you want
1: when you're just a Christian.
2: You changed my life and instilled hope back in my life when I needed it most. I wish you and your fiancé and blended families the beautiful future you deserve and have earned. Hold your head up high because you are a blessing to this church. Congratulations on your new miracle arriving soon. Mm-hmm. And that has thirty five likes and loves. Sure,
1: and th- and this is a person who, as you're saying, is a is a spirit a spoiled spiritual child. Because let's let's move the hands of time forward a year or two or five or whatever. When this pastor's new relationship is on the rocks, and for some reason now his now the new wife or himself, maybe he's fallen in love with somebody else at the church now. Maybe he's maybe he's sires another child somewhere. Um, What do we what do we say at that point? Don't judge. Don't the you shame on you elders for imposing your whatever, however she put it.
2: Yes, for judging.
1: Yeah, for judging. For judging. Shame on you elders for judging, which is really what elders are supposed to do. I believe. What
2: makes her a spiritual child is not that you know she can't see into the future about how this is going to happen again because we don't know that it will. What makes her a spiritual child is that that. That line, shame on them for judging you, because nobody ever looked at her in the eyes and said, you're judging the elders. Right now. You're judging the elders right now. This would be a challenge for a child who's never thought of it before. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's it's a little higher up on the reasoning scale. You've gotta you gotta go, wait a minute, what am I doing right here? You got
1: you gotta punch down a little but bit to you, get these people to realize. if you
2: have a mother or a father, a pastor, or a group of elders who's afraid of being called judgmental, you've never had to think about your own judgment. Right. You've never had to, because all you have to do is say, I'm mad right now. I'm not getting what I want. I want that pastor to preach sermons on Sunday morning, and I'm going to yell words that are angry until I get them. I'm going to shame them, even though I'm supposedly against shaming. I'm going to judge them, even though I just said that judging is a bad thing. And all of that is teachable, treatable, and fixable if a person is willing to humble them by making them feel embarrassed and making them feel ashamed. But that child has worn the pants in the church for years.
1: Well, and this is the same church that I we've talked about on the podcast before when the uh, the worship leader, the homosexual worship leader stepped down mm-hmm. and wrote a blog post about how angry he was with the church because right. they mistreated him and judged him and didn't love him properly. Right. And so these it's the same church. I mean it's literally the same church, not just right. figured is is. Not, It's literally it's the same not church. It's
2: just luck of the draw. It's not just bad you know bad juju something happened and they just got unlucky right. it's it's that culture that i'm talking about right. where the infants are given their preference all the time
1: and they said the same thing when the worship pastor stepped down he and embraced openly embraced the gay lifestyle and then shamed the church for for basically making him feel uncomfortable. Right, and invited
2: in, that they he invited the whole church to follow his journey, his homosexual yes, journey on his blog.
1: On his blog. Keep
2: in touch, follow me on my blog.
1: This is a guy who's been leading worship for 10 years, years, 8 to 10 years or whatever, yeah. lying to them. So he's he's been lying to them, leading this double life of uh, of duplicitous deception and then he's mad at them and they did the same thing lined up underneath his comment section to assure him that they loved him and mm -hmm. that he, he hadn't done anything wrong and they apologized for judging him. Yes.
2: That is the parenting style I'm talking about. They have been told by supposed experts. That's how it's done. You will stop a child from misbehaving by heaping more love and praise on them. Mm -hmm. You can stop a child from throwing a temper fit by apologizing to them. That's, and now here's the third blog post or the third social media post comes in yeah. at this point in I'm the talking conversation. Talking about suicide. Talking about suicide because you've got you know Robin Williams a few years ago and then Miss America this week who mm-hmm. took their own lives. And,
1: and we about, talked about Robin Williams on the podcast on the Comedy Sojourn. Yes,
2: you talked about Anthony Bourdain. Years, we talked about
1: Anthony Bourdain too
2: years ago. We did, mm-hmm. but but people might think how is this related or how does this work in? Well, basically taking your own life is like the ultimate thing that parents are afraid they will have to endure when it comes to their children. You know, they see, they see people who struggle with mental illness as the ultimate victims or the minorities that we can't punch down at, you Mm -hmm. know, they, we have to protect them. They're just so vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. so when they, when somebody dies by suicide, this, this way of treating the vulnerable goes into overdrive Mm -hmm. and people double down, triple down, quadruple down on this heaping praise and encouragement and quote love, even though it's not love, they heap their version of love on the deceased Mm -hmm. in such a way that actually makes it worse. You can think of suicide almost like the ultimate final temper fit. It's the ultimate display of I'm going to take charge of my own life by taking charge of my death. And everyone who's left behind Immediately falls into this parenting style that I'm talking about where they think they're not allowed to be critical. They're not allowed to say true things like, no. hey, you're acting selfish or you're acting like you know the hopelessness you're believing lies that right. comes it's from
1: life it's not hopeless we're
2: not saying right. true things we immediately start saying all of this encouraging stuff that you tell a gay pastor when he steps down right. or a pastor when he we, re- we
1: start validating the country. lies we validate the, and that's what do, that's what they did with robin williams and that's what they did with anthony bourdain and that's what happens with less famous people There people commit suicide all the time but we just don't hear about it because they're not famous but but you validate it you go well they're they're in a better place now, and they they were they were probably suffering in ways that we didn't understand, and so they felt like like this was the only option for them. And it's like, yeah, none of that's
0: true. You hear about it. You hear about it. The gen- hi Warren, the generation uh, undermine is killing themselves off at an alarmingly high rate. I think I've talked about this before. Like Gen Z is is just they're not making it out of high school. Like they're they're all committing suicide in high school and college, uh, and it's because. We have been teaching this sort of, uh, what, philosophy, I guess, for a couple generations now. And so I've said it where it's like they get to they get to these kids and grandkids, these Gen Zers, who have been told that there's no hope, that nothing matters, they're well, just blobs. But also they're, they're still awesome. You're so awesome right. no matter that's what, what you do. That's
2: what they're being told. They're not being told there's no hope. They're being encouraged. Well, there's no God, sorry. Yes, there's no God. They're being encouraged... To
1: embrace their truth. Yes,
2: embrace their truth. Yep. Relativity because their truth is just as
1: good as everybody else's truth
0: right right and, and then, then they don't feel good and then they're like why don't i feel good i'm awesome well i must not right. be
1: that try to try to try to spiral to right. oh to no, my truth is as valid as everybody else's truth and i don't feel good right now but that's my truth. Therefore,
2: Right. It is hopeless. Right. And so it's important that we help people understand what they're actually telling these kids because when you accuse them of telling kids that it's hopeless, they're going to get they're going to you right, know sorry. bristle and say I've never said that. I've never told a kid things are hopeless and it's like no. What you've done is you've told them that it's acceptable to believe lies. Like maybe they were born in the wrong body or maybe people just don't understand. Nobody can understand how bad it is in your head.
1: No one can tell year old. you until they've walked in your shoes, they yep. don't know what you've been through. They
2: want to validate feelings. Experts so you're not say allowed, you you're not allowed to tell feeling. somebody
1: that they're wrong because you haven't walked in their shoes. Right.
2: So now it's, I couldn't possibly know what you're going through. I'm not trying to tell you that, that you're wrong. No. And then they say, mental illness is real and you can't just fix it. Mental illness is not something that you can just pray away, they say. And so, you know, people don't understand how bad you've got it. People don't understand your particular mental illness. Mental
1: illness is not curable. Right. uh you know and, and and then they say but i'm not telling anybody it's hopeless right. <laughs> it's like right. well i'm sorry that you're too stupid to understand but there are the people that you're talking to are smarter than you are right. because they know what you're telling them but
2: they've, even they even if you don't think that they're just showing compassion and understanding and empathy they think that just by helping a person recognize i I see you and I validate you. Right. That's a magic spell that's going to cause them
0: to feel accepted.
1: Everything's going to get better. Yeah. The sun's going to come out. It's going to stop raining. Yeah. Because you have acknowledged them.
0: Except they know everybody's a liar, so when somebody says you're awesome and well, I don't accept there, there you, they're you like mm, I don't think the, I believe yeah, you. Tabby yeah. understands. You're literally willing to say
2: anything, <laughs> anything. it yeah. takes to make me feel a You're asleep. not
1: necessarily telling me the truth. You're just uncomfortable that
0: I'm right. upset. By the way And anybody who does tell me the truth is a hater.
2: Right. By the way, the thing I told our friend, one of our friends, came back on all three of the posts that we've just mentioned that were posted on oh, Facebook. Oh, that dude
1: is, is whirling hard.
2: He's a spiritual he's spiritually spoiled and he's just running, he's run into a sister, a a person like me who doesn't, who doesn't shy away from tough love. I am not going to indulge you. I am not going to pamper you. I am not going to validate your selfish feelings. I'm going to give you something your mom never had the guts to give you, which is a dash of, cold, hard water in the face. Yeah. But maybe literally. I did pour water on my kids' head today. We know she that. And here's oh. the thing, Tabby. You haven't even heard this story yet.
1: Oh, I thought Tabby was referencing it.
2: No, she hasn't heard this oh, story yet. Oh, yeah, this yet. is no, good. i just actually thrown water on my own kids. Well, I, put, I poured water on both Emery and Silas at lunch today while your kids were there. Oh. And Marcy, and Marcy. <laughs> stared open mouth at me for, like, a few minutes while I was continuing, like, the disciplinary process. She's... And after a few minutes, she goes... I won't believe you, Aunt Mandy.
1: <laughs> I won't believe you. I won't
2: believe you? I won't believe you. And I said, are you trying to say you can't believe that I just did that? No. <laughs>
0: and I she lie. goes, yeah. yeah. What did she think
2: I got it from? Well, she goes, she's like, I, I just can't believe, believe you. you. And I said, well, did they do good, right things? Or were they doing naughty, wrong things? And she said, they were naughty. But then she says, this was great. She goes, I, I was making coffee. And she goes, what if you pour hot coffee on their heads? She was worried. <laughs> and I said, I won't do that because I'm not trying to hurt them. I'm not trying to scar them and injure them and do something that will hurt them forever. I just want to teach them. And Marcy was like. <laughs> she
1: couldn't get it. But she, Yeah, she
2: was upset because in her mind, she's like.
0: How, you're such a monster. What won't you do? Yeah, like, well, I wonder
1: if it was is then, there anything you won't do? Coffee, was, battery acid. And what?
0: Aunt Mandy had water in her hands, so and that's what she threw, and now Aunt Mandy has coffee. What if they're not right. again? And all she has right. is coffee. Right? right. Like, it was a fair question. It was, just, it was just whatever you had in your hands.
1: But the point, the point that we are that we're bringing it all back around to you is: what are we doing? We're laughing. We're laughing at. At the connection, we understand the connection, right. and it's there's a rationality to it. Yeah, you know, right. you, and you have to ask the question: Okay, is it just going to be water? Or are you going to dump that <laughs> coffee too? Right. And then you can laugh and say, "No, I'm not going to dump coffee." But but this, without the laughter. The laughter is disarming, you know, rather than rather than oh, how dare you, you know, of course not. And, and then to be offended, you can yeah. be offended. How You think I'm capable of throwing hot coffee on my children?
2: Yeah, I'm not offended at all. I think yeah. it's, I think it's great when kids are thinking about stuff. And, and so, yeah, to be able to see where she's going and, and her surprising me with that connection is comedy. Right there. And I know know what's going through her mind. She's like, I don't know if I can trust you right now, Aunt Mandy. You seem like kind of a loose cannon. (laughs) Kind of a a wild card. Which
0: is funny to me because we've always demonstrated that we will tell you what we're going to do, and then we follow through. So we've never just... Surprised, our children or something. I guess right, but some you...
1: children are some, and that's what I think Mandy's talking about is these people who who have never been told truth. They've right. never been confronted with their own sin. Yep. They've never had anybody admit to them that they're that the, the person talking to them is a sinner. The, and right. they're all around. Everybody in their life has made a 13 minute video, you know, full of fluff. Yep. To uh, to uh, to, Obfuscation. To, a, to avoid it's just saying I did a wrong thing. And I shouldn't...
2: It all works together. I'm telling you, the culture that's being created everywhere, it seems, is this one of, like, polite lying, dancing around issues... (laughs) um, um and, and yeah, Luke even I'm gonna throw this in here real quick. Luke even wrote about like Santa and the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny this week and all he said was oh, yeah. you can't yeah. spend you can't spend the first five or six years of their lives lying to them intentionally about the Easter bunny and then be like, Why don't my kids trust me anymore?
1: Why but, why but, don't they believe me when I read about Jesus to them?
2: But the parents think what they're doing is loving. They think what they're doing is creating a childhood where the kid can be naive and the kid can be protected from Well one of the one reality. of the comments with
1: your husband was you're fostering creativity Right. Lying, lying to your children Foster's helps them to be dreams. more
0: creative. Well, and then he
2: ca- then of course he took issue with the word lying. I'm not lying so much as exaggerating a little bit oh. because I'm Santa. <laughs> Santa is real, Luke, and I'm gonna try this on you and see if you're as dumb as I've made my kids. I'm not seething. I'm just really disappointed the right now.
1: Spirit of giving is right. a real thing. It's real. And that's the what magic Santa... of Christmas
2: is giving. It's the giving spirit, and it's like yeah. This this is not helping kids be better people. It's helping them be more manipulative. It's helping them be conniving. Warren thinks we should be done with this. Buddy. Yeah,
1: and well, he's, he's right. Out. Out. I'm trying
0: you to get it. Out
1: of thing, there. Well he's entitled to be upset because his his lip hurts.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, play all the right. So the theme song is playing Yeah, don't uh Don't be afraid to laugh at people. Carl. that's where we started don't
2: just don't be afraid do it so that we don't have to hate your children when they're in their 30s yes
1: do it do your children the favor of experiencing being mocked for their ridiculous ideas it will it will make them better people
2: thanks for visiting the comedian's house if you want to spend more time with our family you can follow john branion on youtube and facebook also, email nextdoor at with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time!